Welcome back. Before I jump into the intro, before I jump into who I am, before I jump into anything, first off, thanks for being here. Next Monday, we are launching M's March Madness. Stay tuned for the most epic, fun, March Madness type hoorah we've ever done. So with all companies across all brands, we're doing 25% off and every purchase comes with an entry to play, a full bundle of every single thing that you can imagine. A month of programming at Platform Strength, an MPAC, the Body Awareness Project, a six pack of teas, an MFIT challenge, and a strength program. It is worth over $500 and it is incredible. And it is all going down next Monday through next Friday. If you are a part of the MPAC Nomad Hunt, it is very similar. You're going to have so much fun. Think of it as a little scavenger hunt, but even cooler. So stay tuned for it. Starting Monday, M's March Madness. Get on the newsletter at emilyshram.com if you aren't yet, and you'll hear details soon. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm Emily Shram, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? It is another episode of Meathead Hippie Podcast. I am your host, Emily Schramm, and I am so excited you're here. I have been wanting to do this for a while, and I didn't know how to incorporate it, and then I asked my Facebook group, and I said, should I do something that says shit M's into. And I think I need to do it every few episodes. We've had such amazing guests, whether it was Steph Jagger about making the jump and just doing the damn thing, um, whether it was about Nagar and the moon and being a witch. I mean, there's just been some great episodes. So I thought it would be fun to kind of talk about what's on my mind and some questions that people have sent. A little bit of a Q&A, but mostly just, again, random shit I'm into. I am uh, Emily Schramm, if you're new to me, welcome. I'm so glad you are here. If you're coming back, thanks for coming back. I am a nutritional therapy practitioner, personal trainer, and entrepreneur. So I have five companies that all are in the world of health and wellness, and they are growing and budding and uh, it's a journey. It's like more than ever, I've been really thinking about the process. I've really been thinking about the process that I've gone through with each company, with myself, with my own journey, with health, with wellness, with trying to figure out what's the next step for so many things. And, you know, it's just never ending. And I have talked about this a lot in the Facebook group, but you, you know, one of my favorite things that I kind of had this realization of when I did the podcast called My Last 10 Years, if you're really interested in my story, please go listen to that one. Um, when I turned 30 in December, I did kind of a big overview with my best friend Wade, and it was a great kind of extensive look at like, the journey and the process personally, but I think when it comes to business or whatever it is, it's very true that the light at the end of the tunnel never gets closer. And you have to accept and understand that in a way that doesn't make you feel bad. So we're looking constantly to improve and evolve, literally because we want to change our body. We don't want to feel guilty about changing our body. We want to see results and we want to feel good in the skin that we're in. We want, we want to look in the mirror and feel proud of it. But we also, on the other hand, quite literally, we have to evolve or our business dies, right? We're constantly creating and putting out things. And so whatever lens you're looking at it, you are on the line of self-improvement, 
or <laughs> self-esteem sometimes like, wow, I'm so far away. I feel like shit about myself, but that's not the right approach. So my, my hope and my hope always has been really to find that in between that balance. So I'm excited to just talk with you guys and share with you the shit I'm into. Uh, I want to first start This is a kind of fun full circle, but today is the six-month anniversary of Platform Strength, the gym I opened in Denver, Colorado, which has been just straight magical. So for all my members listening, all the people that have dropped in so far or have been a part of the process in any way, I'm just so grateful for you. It's everything that I, I wanted, and when I get really bad about being present, I feel very blessed that I have that space. I have that home. I call it my Palo Santo of life. And I hope that wherever you are in your journey, whether it is looking at old photos or kind of a home base or a center piece, whether that's a person or a place or an activity, make sure that you have something like that. You know, when everything goes to shit and you feel real, real dark, (laughs) make sure you have, you know, I didn't have that before I had a brick and mortar, but I could have probably created it sooner than I did. And so I do highly suggest that for people because it's so important in so many ways. And Anyway, it's six months and that's pretty, pretty damn cool. So uh, I want to start with a question from Wyatt. I told her she's a member at the gym, which is perfect. And I thought her question, she sent it to me and said she was listening to a podcast with Steph um, last week, Steph Jagger. And she was so inspired by her story. But while she was listening, she noticed she had this voice in her head that said, I could never do that. I'm going to read this verbatim from her because I think this is so relevant to some of my listeners because I want to I want to talk through this resistance and I don't know if what I'm going to say is going to be helpful but I sure as hell I'm going to try. All right, Wyatt, here here is her DM, the DMs. I was listening to your podcast with Steph. I was so inspired by her story, but while I was listening, I noticed I had this voice in my head that was like, I could never do that. And it wasn't about dropping everything and going on a journey around the world. It was more like, I can't imagine writing a book. Or more generally, I can't imagine feeling like my story and my ideas are worthy of being shared with the world. The same applies when I think of your path in life because you just put yourself out there every day. I was wondering, have you always felt compelled to share? Or did it take conscious effort to get to a place where you were like, I have some really awesome shit to say and it is worthy of being put out into the world? Or maybe it's always a work in progress, but did anything help you take the leap? Maybe this doesn't resonate, but it is so real for me. I, I can imagine others feel have the same fear of creating. I feel like it totally impacts the decisions I make and the way I move through life. And first off, Wyatt, I just am so grateful for you to ask this. And I want to kind of express a few thoughts. My brain goes into tangents. So the first thought was that there was a really great post from Diane Sanfilippo that kind of talked about what has stopped us. Like every comment, every remark, everything that's negative, when we start to open ourselves up, so quickly stops us from ever trying to do that again. And that happened for me. Um, I had a moment because I was on reality TV just because I totally got on it by accident. It was real world DC. I was 20 years old. I had no idea what I was doing. And I had never really opened up to anybody at that point in my life about anything. Um, I The interview process was the first time that I was like sharing my story. And it was 
way more therapeutic than I realized. Uh, but after being on the show, what you do is you live your life and then you have to talk through it. And so I had to force myself to kind of crack open and share myself in ways that I hadn't done before. Before I had ever verbally spoken things, it was always through poetry. So I I have written poems since I was four or five of like sometimes about my dog (laughs) and (laughs) my dog Katie who had really, (laughs) I wish I could find this poem. It was about my dog, Black Lab Katie, (laughs) which is such a fun Black Lab name, Um, and her slick little, her shiny slick ears. (laughs) That was my first poem that I can remember. But I loved writing and I always did it. And I remember my mom reading my writing and it was not like for a 12 year old at that point to like write some of this stuff, it was not like the roses are red, the violets are blue. It was like dark shit, you know? So I've always been, I, fe- I feel very deeply and I have this really magical dark side. I call it the dragon. So you guys know my spirit animal is a hummingbird, but it's quite dragon. And I think that's so good when you start to see it in good, but I also need you have to express it or it makes you feel like you're alone on that island and you're not. We're all in that island in our own way. And so I think for me it was saying this is who I am and knowing that it felt really good to define who I was just by speaking it out loud, not knowing that it would resonate with anybody. But then when it resonates with people and there's certain people that say, hey, for the first time I saw myself represented on TV or you helped me make the decision to do X, Y, Z, or seeing you gave me the courage to go to the gym for the first time. When that happens, all of a sudden you realize that all of these trivial, not trivial at the time, but in retrospect, these trivial decisions to be vulnerable, it is so much bigger than you. It is not about you. It is not about ego. It's not about who's going to receive you right and who's going to receive you wrong. It's literally an extension of you where you finally see, if I don't put this out there, somebody else is going to not not see the side of who I am and I, I am not doing my purpose on this earth. Like there was just no, once that decision was made of I am on the show and you know what? I'm all in. I'm I'm not going to be on the show and hide anything. Let's just go for it. It was full throttle. And you always struggle with the moment of doubt of the moment of, I call it what Brene Brown says, the vulnerability hangover, where you're like, oh my God, I shared way too much. I can't believe I showed that side of me. I don't want to see people struggle. I don't want people to see me struggle. Like I really have always had a hard time showing that because I I really quite, I, I want to be a superhero, you guys. Like, I want to be able to do it all. And so saying, like, hey, I can't do this all. Hey, I can't have this all. Um, hey, I really need some help here. Those are the problems that I keep running into and will always run into. It's always that process. But I do know as far as it's saying, like, if it is itching at you and if it feels like something you want to do, you should, you just kind of fucking have to take that first step. And then you start to see, I said something about this when I was learning how to be a better public speaker. I used to be really terrified of public speaking and nervous and shaky. And it was my biggest fear in the world was drowning in public speaking. And so I wanted to conquer it because I knew that it was something that I just, I loved 
good public speakers. I would see them and I'd watch them and I would study them. And I'm like, I know I can do that. And so I worked really hard to, you know, be a better public speaker. But really what it came down to is there was no, when I was, when I was speaking about the thing I wanted to speak about versus what I, you know, some kind of like stupid, like, you know, I don't know, college public speaking thing about whatever it might be. When you truly care about it, you start to see a side of you that comes out that you can't turn off. Once you start to experience that brightness and once you, once you start, start to experience how big you can fill a room because you're just passionate about something, not because of how you're articulating something, you never will be put back in that box. You start to understand that it's not how you're saying it. It's that you feel so good about the things you're saying that you have more confidence to do it again, even if it's not perfect. And so that's just my long-winded answer. I've also been really into the book Originals, and it's a great book, but it really is the struggle I have because I, I don't want anybody to copy or to replicate. I truly believe there's more originality than we give the world credit for. And so for me, when I look at, do I want to start a business program for people? Do I want to start mentoring people? I only want to do it if I know that they believe in themselves enough to be original. They, they believe that they can create something that's never been created before. Because how many people are taking something that works and running with it. There's two ways to do it. And so that's really what this book is about. Um, is saying like, you can make money two ways. Making something original, making something not original. Replicating something that already exists. I'm okay if you do it both. And I'm really working to not judge so much about the alternative. But I just think it's demanding a little bit more of yourself. Because it's saying, I trust myself that if I haven't seen it before, it's not because it's wrong. It's because somebody hasn't done it before and I can do that. And that just comes with a lot of repetition of saying what you have on this earth really matters. And that could go into my ayahuasca experience. So that podcast with my mom would be a really good place to start about self-worth and value and belief in self. Um, just to throw that one out there. <laughs> but why I hope that was helpful. I really do try to get to all these questions. So if you have questions, the best place is uh, the YouTube. If you have nutrition questions, nutrition, fitness, every Monday I have a YouTube that goes out. So Emily Schramm is the YouTube link and they're fun and short and they got really cool graphics. Thanks to my guy, Blake. And I've just been so proud of myself for being consistent with it. And I am really trying to grow it. So if you haven't gotten on my YouTube, go to youtube.com slash Emily Schramm. We have ones recently on protein, fat, carbs, and cutting sugar, ways to help cut sugar. So that's the best place for questions because I answer a question every week. But I also have um, a Facebook group on Tuesdays. We do Tea Time Tuesdays. So I really love jumping into those as well. Okay, so back to shit M is into. Uh, I really want, I mean, we just had a full moon. And the full moon was just, it was in Libra. And I'm not going to pretend like I know what that means, except my mom and my sister are Libras. And I love them so much. Um, they're like those quiet, magical, soulful people that when they say anything, they're dead on <laughs> and just like so wise. Um, so it felt like a very wise moon to me. And I just wanted my intention to say what, you know, I so badly want to do so many things, but what is right and what is wrong. And I have finally figured out 
some of the biggest steps and changes that I need to make professionally. And I feel really good about that because I, in the moment when I'm serving tea or when I'm doing an MPAC workout or when I'm coaching, I, I'm fully engaged, right? There's nothing that I'm not passionate about, it feels like. And that's just really fucking annoying. <laughs> and you're like, God, I just, it's the yes syndrome. But I finally feel like I'm getting to the point where I know what I can say no to and I know what really I can say yes to. So it's I w- it's not like the no's are very clear and that's like goes into the boundaries and things that I want to talk about in podcasts actually coming up soon with um, a psychologist about boundaries and literally what do boundaries mean. But for me, it's like if everything is a yes, it's like the degree of the yes. Is it fuck yes, this makes me so excited and I, I finish it and I work for 10 hours and I still have energy or is it like a, yeah, that's a good idea. And that is literally the degree of which I have to divide things into. So if anyone out there is, maybe this is an Enneagram seven trait, but it's like, it's no longer knows it's the degree of yeses, which, which yes, am I really going to be fulfilled by what is going to make me seem more energetic. What is going to give me, give back to me just as much as I'm giving to it. And that's a really, I'm really grateful for being in that place. So I I fully acknowledge how awesome and how much work took to get to that, but that's definitely where I'm at. So when I'm looking at when I'm, yeah, in general, what I'm really into, I think that I'm going to shift gears and get a little bit nerdy and sciencey on some new supplements. And so I've been in this transition of being smart about these yeses and nos and being smart about what really lights me up and what just kind of lights me up. And it makes you, I'm, you know, similar to everything. It's like, if we don't speak about these things, we just feel like we're the only one going through them. And I, I love this group that is listening and the people that have found me because I feel like we get it. We totally get it. We get each other and we just know it's like the fucking journey and the grind and no bullshit. We just are trying to figure it out. But still, even then we're in our own head and like constantly saying, oh my God, I'm just so crazy. Why am I so crazy? And so I've really dug into this. I'm like, why am I so crazy? <laughs> and I think I'm actually crazy because I really, so I, I'll just talk from the be- from the beginning. I got my nutrition genome test. Uh, God, it was a while ago. So I've done two podcasts with Alex Swanson, the founder of Nutrition Genome. Dig into those if you're into gene testing. Similar to 23andMe, but way more about the, I think the nutritional side of it that 23andMe really doesn't touch on. Um, You can take your old 23andMe and plug it into his program or you can do it on his own. But what I found and something that I thought was really interesting is this COMT genetic mutation. And I am constantly trying to dig in for more information on this. If you know anybody that's an expert in COMT, uh, genetic mutation, please let me know. I have asked Alex this a little bit, but I would love to find someone. But there's two things that that ties into, and it's saying I don't do well with estrogen metabolism and I don't do well with dopamine metabolism. And that becomes a problem for me specifically because not only do I already have this tendency to not do well with dopamine and estrogen, but with estrogen 
having been on birth control for 12 years of my life and being up and down and um, probably undernourished for a lot of my life, not having cycles for sometimes up to six months at a time, uh, being with the way I was eating, always having something already going on with estrogen genetically and then kind of turning that on with my lifestyle. And then with dopamine, dopamine is huge and it's, it kind of makes sense why I, movement is the only thing sometimes that makes me feel good. I always say this, like get out of your mind and into your body. And quite literally for me, if I didn't have movement, I think I would just be a total nut job because I have some dopamine issues, but I also think those are exasperated by some of the concussions that I've had. And so I've been really interested in this because I have felt, especially whether you know, sometimes it feels like it's just based off of situational, the the things that are happening and the things on my plate, which I completely ask for. I have five companies. Like they are mostly, I would say 90% in my hands and thank God for my team, but there's a lot going on. And so I've always kind of put it on that. Like, it's just me. It's just the things I ask for. I ask for this. This is how it is. And wah, I'm really high energy and then I totally crash. And then really high energy and I totally crash. And then if I don't eat perfectly, if I don't take my supplements, if I don't have X, Y, Z, it all just turns into a total shit show. I'm so sensitive to things like gluten and certain things um, that just trigger my stomach and make my stomach hurt. The next day, my brain fog is so real. And, it, you know, it's just like, God, I'm really hypersensitive to this. And sometimes that's okay. It says I, I know why and I have some sanity because I know where it came from, but also sometimes it's really annoying because you're just not always in control of the food that you eat and you just don't want to be high, high and then low, low. So if anyone has felt like that, like really extreme ups and downs, uh, this really kind of opened the door with the COMT gene mutation of saying, well, what do I for sure need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself with dopamine, with estrogen? What am I for sure needing with methylation, which I also have some issues with. And I will get somebody on the podcast to explain methylation in a much better way than I'm about to. But methylation is really your body's way of detoxing. It's the process of creating a ton of glutathione. It has to do with folate, not folic acid. It has to do with B12. It's saying, can our body take what we have and properly detox? Can we properly execute all these mechanisms that give us energy and give our cells the tools it needs to live and heal and replenish? And I already know I have that mutation. So it's kind of all these pieces in one. I'm just digging into some fun supplements. So I'm going to talk about two tonight. Um, the first one being L-theanine and the second one being lithium. I just want to say, first and foremost, if you haven't listened to my supplement podcast about the essentials, please just stop this and go listen to that because it is, this is just like for fun, funsies, like not for funsies. Like I really think they're going to be helpful for me, but they're also, there's way more important things like vegetables and digesting your food and getting certain vitamins like D3 before we jump into things like this. So I'm not, these aren't just like band-aids. These are really dialed in things. And I want to start with uh, L-theanine because we talked about it before. We've talked about it in the Body Awareness Project with the adrenals because people know about the benefits of green tea, but it's kind of this uprising of matcha. If you guys have seen matcha everywhere, it's because of L-theanine. And I love L-theanine, but I didn't, I knew it 
quote unquote helped with GABA production. GABA is our uh, anti-anxiety neurotransmitter. So we think of it as uh, an inhibitory neurotransmitter. It's inhibiting kind of this action going on. Usually the action is with glutamate. I've had a lot of concussions. So glutamate, concussions when you hit your head, lots of glutamate. Glutamate is an excitatory so think like, oh my gosh, and GABA is the opposite of that. So glutamate, glutamate's like, go, 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 go. GABA's like, ah, calm. And so when you're looking at anxiety, GABA is huge. This is a pathway that we have to figure out. And I think with GABA, you can take a capsule and if it crosses into a blood-brain barrier, it's just a simple capsule, that's a gut issue. It's crossing into something it shouldn't. So there are some liposomal forms of GABA, but the con it, the controversy of if it's actually being absorbed is big. So it's better to have foods that can help with GABA. But what, what's really cool about L-theanine is that it is a close resemblance to glutamate. So glutamate, that go, 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 la, 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 but it does the opposite effect, just like GABA. So L-theanine, I think your brain basically is seeing it as glutamate, what it's used to, but it's filling that hole. So glutamate is not having to take over. It's saying this is stopping the blockage, so glutamate's not doing its full job because L-theanine's kind of stopping the brakes or it's replacing it in some way. And so... I have not seen the effects of just taking matcha or green tea, but I have taken the L-theanine capsules that I've really enjoyed, and I, I'm going to continue to do that, but that's definitely something I'm into. I think it's kind of the, you know, when you're looking at anti-anxiety or sleep, it's hard to measure, but it's all about, like, can I feel alert and ready and dialed in? without having this underlying level of anxiety. That's what I want to get rid of. I don't want to have anxiety about it. I want to be sharp and focused. I don't want to be drowsy. I want to be dialed in. And so that that's something I'm playing around with, with L-theanine. And then the second one that I wanted to talk about uh, was lithium. And lithium, you might have heard about this before, but there's a study on NCBI. So when you're looking at, if you guys are interested in PubMed, some actual legitimate studies. You can Google lithium PubMed, and there's um, an old, old article, an old, uh, so there's probably plenty more, but the one that I'm citing is using 27 counties in Texas. They wanted to see, does the rate of lithium in our water, the percentage of lithium in our water, affect the rates of suicide, homicide, and even rape? And the those rates of all of those horrible things I just talked about were significantly higher in counties whose drinking water contained little or no lithium. And so that's one tiny study of saying like, we know lithium to be this kind of anti-crazy, like really crazy, schizophrenic, serial, serial killer crazy drug. But what would happen if we try to incorporate it? And the thing is you can't get it in food except through the soil that the food is given gone through. And I just think that's pretty non-existent these days. So I started taking lithium orotate, O-R-O-T-A-T-E. And I'm just, you know, this is like pretty fresh and new. So two, two new things that I'm trying because I am a guinea pig and I will keep you guys posted. But I have felt really good about seeing if I can help with my crazy COMT gene and seeing how that might affect my estrogen levels, seeing how that might f affect my dopamine and how it might affect my kind of overall 
day-to-day operations, right? Maybe I can find this balance of not being like, ah, and then total crash, like, oh my gosh, I am exhausted. I feel like shit today. <laughs> so who knows? That might just be my life, and I'm okay with that's my life. But those are the two things that I'm the most into. The last thing I'd say, I am just all about this Ziva meditation. And Emily Fletcher was a great podcast that really triggered me to say, holy shit, I can be a meditator. And I need to do it more because I keep pulling this tarot card that says to meditate as much as possible. So it's definitely something I need to do more, but really long periods of time of nothing, like nothingness, no music, just my noise canceling headphones and just breathing and just trying to not have to think about things, right? When is the last time we've gone five minutes without our brain doing something? And I think, you know, we could take as much L-theanine and lithium orotate and work out and blah, 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 blah. But what we really need is to train our brain. Like think of it as a discipline. Think of it as, you know what, if I really want to be better at my job, if I really want to be better at uh, performance in any way, business or professional or physical, like it all is discipline. It all is saying I care enough to make that commitment. So uh, don't overthink it, but also you know, kind of set that standard, like make that commitment and say, how can I expect performance when I can't even go five minutes without like grabbing my phone? And I think that's just a really important trait to have period. And so I'm working on it right along with you guys, but that's been really helpful. And that is my shit M's into podcast. It's a couple days late because I still feel like I cannot quite get Mondays. I got the YouTube. Tuesdays, we got Tea Time Tuesday on Facebook. Facebook Live just with me and you guys on the Facebook group. It's linked below if you want to join. And then Wednesdays, Meathead Hippie Podcast. But I got to catch up on a couple episodes. So this is a little bit late. We will be back on schedule next week. And I'm so glad you're here listening. I hope you enjoy, I hope you enjoyed my random tangents and random things that I'm into. Again, if you like the podcast, please review. I would love to hear from you. And I look forward to plenty of these conversations in the future.